This is Life Organic. Thanks for listening. So this week, we're talking about transitions. We're talking about, and today, yesterday we talked about transitions in terms of the empty nest and what your second act might be. Today, we're going to be talking about transitioning the gap after divorce. You know, and how do you embrace your second act about what's next? So Amy's here with me. Hello. And my name's Greg Dixon. Uh, although I should correct that. You're, my nickname for you is Amy, but it's Amethyst. It's a beautiful name. I'm so, it's, I, I got such a habit. Because to me, I use Amy because it's that, to me, the, the meaning of it. I love the meaning of it, uh, beloved. <laughs> so that's why I use it. Hi, folks. <laughs> Little personal so, note there. So, yeah, the gap after divorce. So, you're divorced. You've gone through divorce. Maybe you're going. Maybe you're preparing and thinking about divorce. Maybe you're not divorced yet. Maybe you're you're just got your divorce decree, or maybe you've been divorced for a number of years. Regardless of where you're at in that process, there's going to be a time when we're going to be looking at this big canyon and change in our routines, as well as change in what interests us, change in what we do. And, you know, divorce is a big deal. There's so many things that happen after the divorce, after the divorce, um, immediately that you can look forward to. Like, for instance, court is over and you right. can stop saving all those receipts that you had to. And your money is now yours, not the lawyers. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and there's no longer having to be hyper vigilant about, um, you know, what... Uh, the kids may say about what you're doing in your personal life and the going back and forth and stuff and you might get in trouble like there's that whole <laughs> court process is over with everything's determined right um no more fighting it's all been settled yeah you know mm. that's the immediate part that happens after um the divorce the actual divorce happens it's On, probably a bit of a downer though immediately because because there's all this tension right it's all this anger oh, and there's the battle, battle for assets and money and the kids. I think it's just, it's relief that it's over. You yeah. could be, you know, still in shock a little bit, but I mean, it's this release, relief like, okay, I don't have to do any of this stuff anymore to get it done. It's done. There's all the hell and the tension that you're trying to escape from. Then there's the hell and the tension of trying to get what's yours. Trying to, or, or trying to make sure you don't get taken advantage of. Yeah. And then... And then there's the grieving process when you lose lots of stuff. Right. You know, like your house or um, yep. your lifestyle, your things, your dog. Uh, you have to share the kids and they're going back and forth. So there's a lot of stress with that involved. A lot of mind yep. games that happen at first. 
True. or maybe for a long time. Um, but yeah, there's, there's, it can be just as stressful, a different kind of stress after divorce if there's kids involved. Oh, yeah. It's a different kind of stress. Yeah, because you still end up having to con- have contact with the father or the mother because mm-hmm. you're, you're co-parenting. And there's the running back and forth to take him here or there. Who's going to take him to practice and to soccer? And who's going to make sure their homework is done? And, you know, all that. It takes. It's, it's like parenting all over again. Right. Brand new. It feels very brand new. So like we talked about before, um, when you go through empty nesting, when you go through a divorce, there's equal amounts of shock and depression, um, grieving process. Because there's many Relief things. sometimes, too. Yeah. Well, relief, but having to let go of those dreams that you had together. Uh, right, because, right. Yeah, because the, the, th- the ideas and dreams you had, plus, generally you made decisions together. Now you have to make decisions on your own. Yeah. Yeah, that one's a toughie. Yeah. And, and it, it, that whole thing about making decisions as a individual versus being, having someone to talk things through with, reason oh. things out with. Although there's a lot of decisions that are great. Many benefits and decisions you can make. Okay. I made a list of them. Awesome. Yeah. There's lots. Like, for instance... Um, from a woman's point of view, um, you can now pick your own movies and TV <laughs> shows. So if you want to watch chick flicks or you want to watch action movies or scary movies. And you get the remote. You, do it. you get the remote. <laughs> <laughs> but he, you can't remember where he hid the batteries. <laughs> but you can choose your meal, um, how much you want to cook. If you just want to make one thing or something simple or how much right. you want to make or um, what you want to make. You can choose... Pause what about time the meal. you want to eat? Let's pause there for a moment. What? Because, you know, the interesting thing is, but then you're eating alone. Because if, if you have an empty nest and you're divorced, you're probably eating alone. It could be good or bad. Depending. It, it can be very lonely. You know, for my, my mother, when her, when her husband died, she said the, the, the saddest part of the day for her was mealtime. And it was the most difficult because it's hard to cook for one person. I wouldn't sit at the table. I always sat in the living room with the TV table. I wouldn't sit there where the family used to sit anymore. Um, Interesting. So carry on. Well, you can go to bed and wake up anytime you want to. Mm. You can listen to your own music. You don't have to listen to anything lame or have them complain about your music. And you can play it as loud as you want or as quiet as you want. Right. Um, You can walk around. Well, now... You could probably do that while you're in a relationship, but when when the kids were there, you couldn't. Um, you can walk around in your underwear ah, or right. butt naked. <laughs> you know, you can go to bed naked. You could never do that when you were uh, had the kids home. You didn't dare, yeah. But there's also the part where you may be able to walk around in your underwear um, after divorce without embarrassment because maybe you weren't in such great shape, so you wouldn't do it. Mm. <laughs> you were worried about being embarrassed and... Um, you have more time to do your hair and put on your makeup if you're a female. Um, you can <laughs> leave parties that are lame if you want to. You don't have to stick around because he wants to be there. Um, you can go out after work um, without having to run home. You can uh, go meet somebody for dinner or you can uh, go to happy hour or you can just go shopping in the mall or go get groceries whenever you want to. 
um, so you can have people over when you want to and you know you don't have to worry about other people's schedules um, right. so you have more free time but the nice thing is um, you also have that peace and quiet to read and you can do hobbies that took the time and energy and the peace that you needed um, you can have friends over that you like not a bunch of bozos and <laughs> your mother-in-law she's gone and um, a lot of people find that they lose weight um, because there's less mm. stress and there's a lifestyle change. So a lot of people will find that their weight just drops off. Um, depends. If you are uh, an emotional eater, then you may gain. It's interesting um, you bring up thing about stories. about Sorry, about parties. Mm -hmm. I have a story about a party. Okay. So, I mean, I, I was never a big party person. I was, if I was going to go party, we went to a cabaret. When I was in you know, my late teens, uh, to go dancing or whatever. But you know, I never really was a big partier. But uh, when I became signal here a few signal a few years back, uh, I was invited to this New Year's Eve party, and I went there by myself. And it was kind of a weird feeling to go by, you know, be a, a singleton. And I was there, and it was you know people my age group, but they were so old. They acted so old. I was about mid, middle, middle range. I wasn't the youngest, but I wasn't the oldest. But some of the ones that were, that were really uh, younger than me, were acting so old, like they had no drive. You know. Anyways, but I guess my point is, is that it's different when you go social. This the whole social side is I different. I think um, you have different friends because. He may or she may get the friends. Yeah. You know, they'll side with them. Yeah. And you may end up um, not having any or you'll be embarrassed when you do run into those friends. Right. Um, so you end up having to make new friends. And that means you're going to have to uh, get some self-esteem going. And, um, you know, in order to make friends, unless you want to make friends and commiserate with them. But um, right. another thing on my list was you get to buy clothes without guilt. Ah. <laughs> You know, it's like, oh, I have a paycheck and I have excess, you know, an excess $30. Um, do we buy some booze with it or do I go out and buy myself a new hat, right? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Or if I want to exactly. go and spend money at Staples, I don't have somebody there whining because how much, how many staplers I own and how much tape and scissors I own. Because, you know, I like to. Yeah. I yeah. like staples a lot. The staples. I and really, scissors. really like staples. Okay. Staples and paper clips <laughs> and glue and oh, tape, no. double sided tape. Yeah. All <laughs> now, so for me, my guilty pleasures were like iPhone cases. iPhone cases. <laughs> and apps. Oh God. Apps. Yeah. I, I got like uh, you know a woman can never have too many different kinds of thread if she's a sewer and fabric and stuff mm -hmm. or if you're a crafter you know. That's right. You can stuff. buy those little extras. If I want to have extra thread, I can have every color on the rainbow. Right. And I can have two spools of every color in yeah. the rainbow. Yeah. And uh, so the same thing, I mean, it's like when uh, when my mother passed away and we had, uh, when we moved her before she passed away, she had a sewing room. And literally what they did is they had, they unpacked it all. They, and there's stuff my mother wanted there's, and her friend was helping with it. And her friend took like three quarters of it. Like she was still very active in uh, active sewer. And there's so much stuff. 
It's amazing. But you know, I digress. But you're, you're right. There's all these different things you get to do now that you couldn't do before you were allowed to do. You so didn't allow yourself to do. Instead of thinking about what uh, you've lost, it's so much. I mean, there's a reason why you gave up on it and why you quit. Because it couldn't be fixed. It was it was dead. Right. And now there's so much available. There's so much opportunity. There's so much potential now. It's like it's the beginning again. Yeah. Um, you know, you got to set a new slate. It's a second act, you know. Exactly. And so whether, whether it's post-divorce, whether you've been in a relationship, the relationship has come to an end, or you've your wife or husband or your partner dies suddenly. Yeah, uh, there's that too with death. It's yeah. different than divorce. It's totally different. It is. There's a lot of similarities in terms of uh, the emptiness, the change in routine, being able to do whatever you want. It's a different energy. Like in divorce, it's like this freedom of choice. There's, it, there's a freedom of choice, but there's... You know, it's like a, there's a death because it's the end of your dreams. It's the end of uh, um, everything you had planned together. Right. So, and all your hopes and desires are going to now have to change. Or maybe not. Some are going to be the same. But, so it is a grieving process too. But it's totally different, but I then, think. Right. It is, to, it is totally different. Because in divorce, there's a splitting of assets. The, the right. biggest part, because the assets... There's a, is the dividing of assets and his stuff, her stuff, that sort of thing. Um, and that's that's a big deal and that's important. I remember, you know, when I got divorced, I moved out. I had a motorcycle. I had a car. I had suitcases at, that were in the trunk with clothes. And I had two of those Rubbermaid tote bins full of business paperwork. And that was it. I had a closet full of clothes I left behind because I had to get out fairly quick just because of how what, the court ruled. Um, so I was kind of scrambling. But I also had no, I was planning to move into an apartment or a house. I parked the car in a uh, facility and then I hit the road on the motorcycle. Ended up, I was planning to go around the world, but I only made it 84 days. Came back home to look after family situation and stuff. But, you know. I find the same thing. I had to leave all my stuff behind because we had an estate. We had a huge house with a big yard. Yeah. Well, it was more than a yard. It was huge. And I was leaving. I had to leave everything behind. I had to pick and choose what I could take. My most favorite things yeah. and leave the rest. Um, you know, even my clothes. I you had major loss. Oh, I lost. It wasn't just a divorce. I lost. I became an empty nester. I lost my house. I lost my business. I lost my career, my finances, my lifestyle. I lost my dog. Right. Um, everything. And garden. my friends, my garden. I had. Oh, yeah, um, friends too. That's a big yeah, deal. Yeah, my friends went along with him because he told them stuff. And that's a long story. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's like I was in major grieving because I lost everything. Just as he promised I would. He said that everything that was important to me, he was going to take away, you know, if, a, I, if I ended the relationship. Isn't that and, amazing? And, 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 and it put worked. That much, 
at the end, it put that much energy into the relationship. Oh, I know. Hatred is amazing what it can do, you know, how it can uh, affect you at night. And then I lost my health because I'm so depressed. You know, I lost all my RSPs. I had to go bankrupt because um, he closed my business. And it was just, and then the the court cases was so, was so... um, Court is so adversarial, isn't it? They put you down and, and you feel bad about yourself and... And so it was like, and then I lost my health and I couldn't get better. And you lose, yeah, you lost And your so health. I couldn't, yeah. I was supposed to take the kids, I was supposed to get them and I, I couldn't, I was too sad. And I said, okay, I'm just going to get things together and then I'll uh, have the kids and they'll come back to me full time. And, and it didn't work that way because I couldn't stop being sad. So this, this, if you're listening to this, this could sound kind of depressing. <laughs> It's kind of heavy. There's no question in terms of the change, but we're just trying to give voice to the reality of the pain, of the gap, because you're in a gap. We talked about this yesterday, and we talked about empty nest. That there's this gap. There's the before, and the, there's the get. There's the transition period, and then there's after. There's a point, and that that transition could be a year, could be two years, could be a decade. Who knows how long it takes you to truly heal it. And kind of get over things. But I think a person wouldn't want to stay because they're afraid that of all these these things that they're going to experience after. Because right. I really am so happy I did that, um, made that choice because my life actually got better um, quite soon after. I mean, I was still sad and depressed, but those benefits I spoke of, yeah, they happen right away. And it's like, holy crap, I've got a life again. And so then when you give yourself permission to start enjoying that life, that's when you're so happy you did it. Well, and what this, what we're, what I think we're talking around is developing a self-care consciousness instead of an other's care consciousness. Yeah. Instead of everybody else, we're now practicing self-care and, and that really was probably, I had this awakening in 2000. I was divorced in 2010. 2009, I had this awakening around self-care that I didn't have a clue around self-care. To me at that time, self-care was shit, shave, shower, and shampoo. <laughs> that, you know, that was my form of self-care. And I really splurged. Once a month, I'd take myself out to a movie by myself. And I'd be guilted and shamed because of it. Once a month, for three or four hours, I took myself out to a movie. And I was guilted and shamed for going along. I mean, how crazy is that? But, you know, the, but the thing is about develop, give yourself, you know, if you're listening to this, the way out of this, the way through all of this, is to make a simple decision to develop a self-care consciousness. To develop and grow your awareness around your self-care needs. And that is not selfish. That is self-first. Self-first is not selfish. Yeah. It was a very very long journey for me. This whole self-care thing. I'm still on this self-care journey. And we should always be on this self-care journey about developing our self-care consciousness because every t- because I made a decision. I remember in 2009, I made a decision to develop a self-care consciousness. My life was never the same because 
every time I turned around, I just saw the number of times I denied my own needs. I didn't think of myself. I thought of others. I had an others care consciousness, not a self care consciousness. And that's if you don't take care sad. of yourself, how are you going to take care of all those other things that you need to do? Um, because you need the energy, you need the inner solitude. Um, and, and to a certain degree, it can feel like your life has ended. What after the divorce? divorce? After divorce, it, it can feel well, some, like it life can. ended. Some people feel that way. I remember having to go to this uh, course called uh, Parenting After Separation. Right. And I went in there and everybody was so depressed and sad. And I guess I hadn't hit that phase yet. Right. I was clicking my heels practically. <laughs> I couldn't understand what was going on. Why are you guys so upset about it? You finally got rid of the, you know what? And uh, they're all like, no, it's, that's not it at all. That's, this isn't how it's going for us. How can you be so happy? Right. And I was, but then I wasn't after a while. You know, like I said, I lost all that stuff. But at first, I think it, I hadn't lost it yet. I think it was just I had the emergency the loss protection hadn't set order. In? No, I had the emergency protection oh, order. Okay. And I was relatively safe for four months. I knew that. Right. And so I had four months to kind of clean up my... Um, my living situation so that I um, right. uh, could just get rid of the stress. And so I was able to do a lot with my life and with my kids. Um, mm. So I was very happy. And then um, after, then the divorce got uh, going. And then that's when I started losing stuff. And I went into the same state those right. other people were in. Um, uh. But I didn't understand because I was still at a point where it wasn't complete. And it took three years for me to go through that divorce. Yeah, because it, 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 it can feel like uh, your life has ended. Yeah. But to get to the other side, and the you need anger. to heal. You need to get rid of the anger, um, the anger for yeah. and resentment for everything that they, that they did to you, um, what they took away from you. You what feel you like lost. they stripped yep. your life. Yep. You feel like... They, um, you wasted your life with them and then you beat yourself up and say, why didn't I leave sooner? Oh, you know, maybe if I had done this or that, this wouldn't have happened. There's so many things that we, um, we second guess ourselves. The thing is, is in order to heal, what you're speaking of there is I think you're speaking to the fact that we have to confront what happened. We have to confront and feel the pain and process yeah, as long the as I stuffed it down, I was always sad. But yeah. it was it took a little a little nerve to confront everything because then I had to look at it for what it was and just say, okay, that's the way it is. I had to be more of an observer and examine it. And I journaled a lot, examined about what happened, and as long as you were in denial, mm -hmm. is anything going to change? Nothing's going to change. No. As long as we're in denial, nothing changes. So the pain, now, it can be painful, and you may not be ready to confront all this stuff that we just that we just spoke of. And if you're listening to this, and you're going in the middle of divorce, or you're just divorced, and you're feeling like you need some support, reach out to us. Uh, we'll give you some information at the end of the show. Uh, we'd be happy to be there for you to lend an ear. Don't, you don't have to go through this alone. But, you know, but you, you need to confront 
there, you need to confront reality, and sometimes the reality is is not pretty. Sometimes, though, when you figure out who you're not and what uh, what baggage was not yours, what was his or hers, um, you realize who you are. It's almost like a breath of fresh air. It's a very good point. Who I am not, which begs the next question, who am I? And who do I want to be? How do I want to be? Where do I want to be? Who do I want to share? Right now that I'm here, who do I want to share my life with? At the, I actually didn't intend to share my life with someone else, but here we are. Because I did my healing. I confronted all my crap. It took me a long stories. time. I didn't get over it for, um, let's see, da, 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 da. 11 years, maybe 10 years. Right. I couldn't get past it. Just Right. So be, if you're listening yeah. to this and you hear what Amy said, 11 years, you, you, your experience may vary. You know, you, yeah. you, it, it may not take you 11 years. Or maybe you're at the 11-year point. The, the time actually doesn't matter People, as much as what you're, how much you're committed to your self-care. The grieving process isn't a straightforward line. No. You can be doing good and then you can digress. You can move forward and then you can go backward again. So when I say 10 years or 11 years, it's not that I was down in the dumps for 11 years. I made progress and then I would go back to my old stories I was attached to. Right. And then I would go forward again and be feeling good. And then something would trigger it. Yep. That's the thing. Something would trigger it and then I was right back there again as if it was some sort of PTSD thing. Mm. Um, which and sometimes it was, but the, but the, the, this all speaks to, I think, um, coming to a place of acceptance. Yeah. I mean, um, w w whether you're until grieving, you accept it, you can't release yeah. all the, the thought baggage and, you know, it's really good to, to understand that a lot of the things you believe and value may not be, have been your own. That's very interesting because we tend to modify our thinking, our values, and our beliefs, and our behaviors based upon the people we surround ourselves with. Is that what you're suggesting? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yes. So you don't um, have to carry adjustment. around their judgments and their projections and their opinions and right. all the pressure that they put on you to to conform and. Um, right. Sometimes being in a marriage, you know, it's like being in some sort of an institution. Um, mm. Other times it's not, of course. But I'm just saying, like when when uh, they get, you get to the point where you're going to divorce. Um, right. You by then you have taken on a lot of their belief systems and and their projections and judgments. Um, but at some point you say. I've had enough of this, and I don't want this anymore. There's got to be something better for me. What now? What is there for me now? Um, right. So the beliefs are a result of all the shooting and expectations that happened over over the course of time. Shoulds and musts. Shoulds, musts. Must. You have to do this. You have to be this way. Uh, the house has to be clean a certain way or whatever, right? There's all these... All yeah. these expectations and, and rule 
unspoken unspo- and unspoken rules. All the guilt beatings, because it's like, yeah. yeah, you you said you would marry me. You said for good and bad, and loyalty means you stick with me and all that. And now you're a bad wife because you're leaving right. me, and you you made yeah. these these vows to me, and you're breaking the vows, and you know. But force looking at all this stuff is self care. Processing this stuff, dealing with this baggage, is a form of self care, and uh, between uh, where you are now and acceptance that it's over and that it's time for you to move on, that middle ground is that transitional gap. Is all this stuff, all these ideas, all this baggage, thought baggage, which we're going to talk about tomorrow. All this thought baggage that you've accumulated, that you've taken on. And it, a lot of it is, may or may not be yours. So I think, I think we, if you're in this situation and you're going through divorce and you're stuck and you really don't have anybody to talk to and you would really like to kind of have somebody to talk to, we're here. You can reach us at Life Origami on Twitter or at Life Origami on Facebook. And there's always the good old-fashioned telephone at 403-307-8281. You can talk to Greg and Amethyst. And I just really encourage you to realize that there's more to life than what was. That the place you're in right now is just that transitionary period and it looks like a garbage heap. It can look like a mess, but you can come out the other side of it. There is hope. And the reason that there's hope is because you're going to change. You're going to grow and you're going to care for yourself by practicing self-care. Putting yourself first is not selfish and developing a self-care consciousness That is the number one strategy that we can recommend. So namaste. Stay tuned. There's more to come. Tomorrow. And this week. In Transitions Week.